Good to have you all here tonight. Welcome back. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter number 16 tonight. Luke chapter 16. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture that is probably familiar to most of you in this room tonight. Luke chapter 16. Tonight we're going to go over the story of the rich man and Lazarus that Jesus told us about. And uh, I believe this is a true account because he gave the name of uh, Lazarus. And when he did parables, he did not ever mention a name. So starting in verse number 19, it says, There was a certain man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So we have here two men uh, obviously living in two completely different circumstances. These two men could not be further apart from each other in how they lived. Verse 22, And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can these pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment." Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they would repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. So tonight we're just going to go through this story, go through this account in the Scriptures, and just hopefully... I think tonight, everybody is going to find a place within this passage, wherever you're at in this life. And hopefully, uh, for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus, this will encourage our hearts tonight. And then as I look out in this room, for those of you that may not know Jesus, tonight, I, I, I beg you, make sure you know Him. Because we're going to find out from this passage that there is a place that we go after life that is irreversible. You cannot escape judgment, and if you're in heaven, I mean, you're there forever. So let's find out where we are tonight. Let's pray, though, and then get into the Word. Lord, we thank You so much for the Bible. 
God, I know that this truth right here in the Scriptures is something that is, uh, Lord, it's very sobering. And I pray tonight, God, as we go through this passage, for anybody in this room who doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that you would work in their heart in a special way. Lord, I realize that it is up to them to make the decision tonight, but I pray your Spirit would work. I pray that you would speak to their heart through the Word of God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you told us about this account in the Scriptures. And I believe, Lord, it's for our good to learn from it and to to learn the truth about it, and then, Lord God, to share it with other people. And we just ask that you'd bless in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, as I said, there, you know, there are many people in this church who have been here for 10, 15, 20, maybe even more than that years growing up in church. Maybe you grew up as I did as a child in the house of God. You've heard the Word of God preached over and over and over again. But that does not guarantee you a place in heaven tonight. It doesn't matter that if you've uh, become a member of this church and been, into this, uh, been baptized into this church, that is not going to guarantee you your home in heaven. But I'm going to tell you one thing. Tonight you can know that you are going to heaven. And we're going to look at that tonight. We're going we're to study some of that. But we're also going to look at the reality that there is a place called hell. Now, a lot of people in our world today do not want to accept this reality. There are people even in religious circles who would say God would never allow a person to go to hell. But that is not true because people reject God all the time. And as we see clearly in the Bible tonight, this rich man went to hell. This rich man that the Bible speaks of is in hell tonight. He has not escaped the torments of the flame. He has been there. And there are people all through the ages who have rejected Jesus Christ, and tonight they are in that place. But here's the good news for us. None of you in this room have to go there. None of you. Because Jesus Christ paid the price for you. And you tonight, listen to me, you have one of the greatest gifts that God could ever give you, and that is the time to be here right now and hear the Word of God. But a lot of people waste that. A lot of people throw that away. And like I said, here's a sad reality. A person can be in church and grow up in church all their life and go to hell. That's sad, isn't it? Isn't it? You know, the Lord loves us tonight. We're going to see in this story that, that as I said in the beginning, these two men could not have been more different than each other. But one of them went to a place of rest. And the other went to a place of torment. There are different beliefs today about what happens after we die. Some people believe that we go into this soul sleep and that you sleep until uh, either the day that you know, judgment comes or whatever. But the Bible teaches us right here that as soon as they died, they went somewhere. They went somewhere. The Bible it clearly teaches us that. Some people, uh, some religions believe in uh, purgatory. Purgatory is where you, uh, you spend a little bit of time in hell according to how much you sinned. And then you purge yourself by fire and then get out of that. That is nowhere taught in the Bible. Some people believe in just eternal oblivion, which is nothing. You die, you get buried in the ground, and nothing happens. Once again, that is not a true thing. And then there are those who believe in reincarnation, where you die and you come back as either an animal or as another person, whatever it may be. And once again, that is not taught in the Scriptures. Tonight, the Bible is very clear on what happens after death. A lot of times we could maybe doubt what's going to be on the other side. We may wonder what's going to be on the other side. I believe that God has shown us some things, but we don't even know what all is going to be contained in heaven tonight. 
We don't know what all there's going to be, but I'm going to tell, I, I tell you something. When we leave this life, life is going to go on, or as the Bible calls it, a second death will go on. And one or the other you're going to spend tonight. There is no other option. There is no, other, there is no in between. There is no, you either go to heaven or you go to hell. That's how the Bible describes it to us. So let's think about these men. First, this, man, this rich man, he was a man who had, uh, you know, the, the good clothing in life, the purple and fine linen. He dressed very nicely, and the Bible says he fared sumptuously every day. So he, every day he could have whatever kind of extravagant food he wanted, anything he could desire. So he had all the food he wanted, all the wealth he wanted. I'm sure he had friends. I'm sure that he lived a pretty luxurious life. By the way, there is nothing wrong with having things in this life. And the Bible is not even teaching here that because he was rich, he went to hell. Because that's not the truth. The reason that he, that he went there is because he did not put his faith in the Messiah. He did not put his faith in the one that was going to come and, and die for his sins. That's the only reason he went there. But I want to tell you something today, and this, this is a very true statement. Wealth and riches have a way of getting people's eyes off of what, the things that are really important. As I look out here and I see a lot of young people tonight, and that's good. One thing I want to tell you is that this world is going to tempt you with all the good things it has. And there's a lot of good things out there. There are things that you would enjoy. There, there are, there, there's wealth that you could enjoy. And let, let me tell you this, you might be tempted one day to spend your life working for wealth, building up your wealth, building up your name, building up your reputation. But at the end of the day, that's going to mean nothing. At the end of the day, all that wealth that you spend your whole life to acquire is going to vanish in a moment. And if you spend your life rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ, in spending it on yourself, you're going to be in the same exact place that this rich man was. Where's his riches now? They're not his anymore. Where, where is the entertainment that he once enjoyed? Do you think he has entertainment tonight? Absolutely not. This man who lived at the, you know, at the top in this world is now living at a place that he'll, he'll never escape. So this world, I'm telling you, it has a way of drawing people in and making it look like, listen, if you give, a, if you give your life to God, you're going to regret it. But I want to tell you tonight that if you live your life for the things of this world and you reject Jesus Christ, there will be a day you regret that. There will be. I promise you. In this message tonight, I, and, and as we look at it and see some of the torments of hell, I, you know, let's not look at God and think that God does not love us. Let's not look at God and think He doesn't care. Because why else would God go through the trouble of giving you this book right here? Why else would God show you clearly that you don't have to do anything to earn salvation because Jesus Christ already paid that for you? Is that a God that doesn't love you? No, God gave everything so that you could be His. God gave everything so that you did not have to spend one moment in this place. But there are people that reject that tonight. And I want to tell you something. God loves you. Each and every one of you in this room, God loves you. And as we heard this morning, as Brother Jedediah was speaking, uh, how God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come through repentance. He's not willing for anyone to perish tonight. This rich man, he had everything he wanted probably in this life. In the book of Matthew, chapter number 16, verse 26, 
The Bible says, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? That's, a, that, that's an interesting question. Imagine if you could have the whole world. It's yours. Everything in it belonged to you. Everything. Every bit of riches. Every car you could ever desire. Every house you could ever want. Everything. The Bible says if you had all of that, would it be worth losing your soul? And the answer is no. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be worth it if you lost your soul but had everything in this life. It's not going to mean anything one day. I'm afraid that many times when people, uh, when they grow up in church and maybe their parents are, you know, they, they love the Lord and they follow the Lord, but as the younger kids maybe start to look out on some of their friends or look out on some of the things in this world as you get older and you, you get out of school and then you get out there in the workforce and Maybe something that catches your eye about, you know, about having wealth, about pursuing wealth and having all these things. I want to tell you something today, young people. That's the devil trying to get you to look on other things. That's what he did with Eve, Adam and Eve in the garden. He wanted them to look at other things and say, hey, these are good. Desire these things. Follow these things. And he's really good at doing that. And tonight, like I said, it doesn't matter if you've grown up here in church or not. You have to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. More than likely, this rich man, there were probably people around him that envied him. I mean, imagine a guy who could eat whatever he wanted every day of his life. Money was no issue. You would probably be jealous of that as you're sitting there eating whatever you got. Maybe it's a turkey sandwich and it's not that good. This guy's got everything. He's got everything he could ever want. Maybe your clothes, they're not the best as, as this other guy's. Man, he can dress however he wants. Man, that looks so good, doesn't it? They, you know, a lot of times people idolize these people in the world who have all this money. And a lot of times it's these sports figures who make all this money. And they have this extravagant life and they have everything they could ever desire. I want to tell you something today. I don't desire those people. And I'm going to tell you why. Not because it wouldn't be nice to have those possessions, but those people do not care about Jesus. And one day when they die, it's going to mean nothing to them. Nothing. Nothing. A lot of people think, man, if I just had a little bit more, if I could just, you know, do a little bit better in this life, I want to tell you something. If we have the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, you know what? I'm okay. I have enough. I have enough. God's going to take care of me. God's going to take care of me. And listen, I may, I may drive a car that's not as nice. I may wear clothes that are not as nice as, as other people's. And I, and I, you know, my bank account is not going to be as big as other people. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. I know something. When I leave this life, I'm going to be with my Savior. Amen. And I'm never going to leave His side. And everything in this life that it has to offer is not going to even compare to what I'm going to have when I get to heaven with Jesus. Not even compare. I'm telling you, you won't even regret it for a second. The day you see Jesus, your Savior... Everything that you work for in this life is going to be like, that was nothing. Nothing. But for all of those who work so hard to build this life, to build their wealth, to build their, you know, everything they got, when they leave this life without Jesus Christ, and we're going to see in a moment, this man was aware of what was going on. Listen to me, hell's not going to be a place where you don't know what's happening. You're going to know what's happening. 
you're going to be fully aware. Your mind is going to understand. It's not going to be a place that you're just going to, you know, it's going to be a little bit of torment. I mean, it is nonstop torment. This rich man had everything in life. This, this man Lazarus, though, he had nothing really. He was a beggar. He ate the crumbs that came off the rich man's table. I'm sure that when people walked by Lazarus, nobody looked at him and thought, man, I really wish I was that guy. Probably nobody thought that. He had sores all over his body. The Bible says the dogs came and licked the sores. You know how a dog, if you ever get a cut, it'll lick your, your cut? Not sure why they do that, but they do. So these dogs licked all over his sores. Here he is in this wretched state. But I want to tell you something. When he died, his life changed forever, didn't it? I mean, he is now in a place where no suffering is ever going to touch him again. He's in a place where he never has to worry about where he's going to get his next meal from. He's in a place where he never has to worry about being in pain or suffering anymore because it's all gone. And I want to tell you something tonight. You can know that place too. You can know that's going to be your home. You can know that Jesus is your Savior and that you will never have to spend one second away from Him. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4, verse number 12, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that's speaking about Jesus Christ, our Savior. Salvation is a free gift tonight. Salvation is the sacrifice that Jesus paid on the cross for your sins. And you ought to choose Jesus over anything else in this world. I think the older you get, the more maybe you understand these things. But maybe not. I'm sure there are plenty of older people that don't. But listen to me. There is one thing that these men had in common. It wasn't their money. It wasn't their destination. It wasn't, uh, you know, how they looked. You know one thing they had in common? They both died. They both left this life. And we all have that in common tonight. We're all going to leave this life. All of us. None of us are going to stay here forever. None of us are going to live on this earth without any... I mean, we're going to leave this life, I'm telling you. And there are those of us who are, who are going to pass away, those of us who will die, but the Lord Jesus Christ is also going to come back, so some of us are going to go up with Him then. I'm excited about that. But all of us are going to leave this life. And when we leave this life, there's only two destinations, heaven or hell. This life doesn't last forever, but the next life does. That's why this life is so deceptive, because we go on what we can see a lot of the times, which I'm guilty of too. I go by my side a lot of times. So sometimes it's easy to invest all our time and energy and everything into this life, because we just don't really have that view of what's going to happen after life. But I'm telling you today, this life is going to come to an end, and it may be a quick end for us. None of us know. From the youngest in this room to the oldest in this room, it, time is going to go away from all of us. And, you know, I, especially when you're younger, you really don't think a whole lot about death, and you don't think a lot about what happens after it. But I'm telling you, I could get in my car tonight and drive on that road, and you know, anything could happen. Me, my family, we could leave this life tonight. When I walk out of this building, I have no guarantee that life is going to go on. None of us do. 
That's why I encourage you tonight to think about where you're going because you have no idea when your last chance is going to be. You have no idea when your last day in this life is going to be. So let's look, about, uh, let's look at uh, some of the characteristics of this rich man being in hell. Like I said earlier, it was an instant thing right after death. The Bible tells us in verse number 23, and in hell he lift up his eyes being in torments. Hell is a place of torment. The Bible tells us that hell was created for the devil and his angels. So I believe according to the scripture that God never had any intention for man spending his life there after, after death. I, I believe God had no intention of man ever going there. But man sinned against God. And whether we like it or not, God is a holy God who does not accept sin. Whether you agree with that or not, I'm telling you what, God is the creator and he makes that decision. But here's the wonderful news. It would be horrible if God would just say, okay, as soon as you make a mistake and it's done and over, you go to hell and there's no chance. But he didn't do that to us. He sent his own son. The Bible says from the, really from the foundation of the world that Jesus Christ was already set up to be the sacrifice. You see, God already knew that man would need a sacrifice. And his son Jesus was going to be that sacrifice. What a wonderful God we have. Hold your finger here. I'm going to turn to Revelation chapter 20. We know that hell is a place of torment. Revelation chapter 20. Look with me in verse number 11. This is John writing here. And he said, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. So imagine these, these, the heaven and earth trying to flee, but there's no place for them to hide. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Notice that uh, he said, I saw the small and great. You know what? It didn't matter what your reputation was in this life. It doesn't matter how much you had in this life. Everybody at this judgment will receive the same exact punishment. And then verse 13, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now we know that uh, John received this revelation. So John is actually seeing the end. John is seeing how everything's going to pan out in the end. How things are going to work out. And I want to tell you something today. If you are going to stand at the great white throne judgment... It's over. There are no more chances. You can't plead with God. You can't say, God, I meant to. God, please, God, can you? No, it's too late. It's too late. What a serious thought, isn't it? That when you leave this life, 
I mean, you're going to go to a place. Listen, the rich man, he is, he's in a place called hell, and he's not going to get out of there. But one day, the Bible says, when, when the great white throne judgment occurs, he's going to be pulled up out of that sea, and he's going to be judged. But that judgment's already been made. It's done and over for him. There's no place of rest for him. There's no place to escape. He can't run and hide. He can't run from the presence of the Lord. He can't escape this judgment. But you can tonight. You can escape it tonight. You can escape the judgment that God is going to place upon those who have not believed in Him. But you have to put your faith in Jesus. You have to put your faith in the one who died for you. Turn with me now to uh, 2 Thessalonians. Hopefully you kept your place in uh, Luke. 2 Thessalonians. Chapter number 1. Look with me in verse number 7. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels. So Jesus is going to be revealed from heaven. He's coming from heaven one day. In flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God. And that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this verse, 9. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. The Bible tells us right here that the people who have rejected the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ will be punished with everlasting destruction. Everlasting. It's everlasting. It's never going to end. It's never going to end. If you think, you know what, this really isn't that big of a deal, I'm just going to keep going how I'm going right now, I want to tell you something today. When you leave this life, the decision that you have made is going to be an everlasting one. Everlasting. Meaning you're never going to change that. Whatever it is. But tonight, guess what? You can change your destination. Tonight, if you, if you haven't already received Jesus as your Savior, tonight... You can change all of that. And you can have a place that you'll be with the Lord forever. And when we just read in 2 Thessalonians, another, another aspect of hell, it's not just going to be a tormenting place. It's not just going to be a place that's everlasting. But it's a place that is from the presence of the Lord. Now I know this may be underappreciated by some, but I want to tell you something. God is moving in our world today. And He's working in, in people that are lost. He's working in people that are saved. We see the hand of God. We see the evidence of God. We see the goodness of God. But guess what's going to happen when a person goes to hell? They'll never see that again. They'll never have a chance to know the love of God anymore. They're never going to have a chance to know what grace was that saved their soul, that was poured out upon them and have that forgiveness in their life. They're going to miss that. They're not going to have that relationship with God that He desired to have with them. Do you know God desires to have a relationship with every one of you in this room tonight? He wants it. He longs for it. But if you leave this life without knowing Him, you will be forever cast away from the presence of the Lord. You'll never know His mercy and grace anymore. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. As I said in Matthew chapter 25, we won't turn there, but the Bible said this is a place that is prepared for the devil and his angels. 
There are many people in the world today who mock this truth that there is a hell. There are many people that want to deny that God would even send people there. But I'm telling you, it's real. Now all of us, listen, that's what faith is. I can't tell you that I've seen the other side. Now John, he had a, uh, an unusual experience because he was able to actually see all these things, which would be amazing. But you and I, you're not going to see that with your eye right now. You have to see it by faith. And a lot of people, and I'm telling you, you've, if you, uh, a lot of people deny hell. They don't want to, whether it's because they just don't want to accept the reality of it because it's just too painful for them, or, or maybe they just don't believe in God, I'm telling you, something's going to happen when we leave this life. And you may, not, you may not believe that now, but I'm sure this rich man probably didn't believe this was going to happen to him. He probably, in his wildest dreams, never thought this was going to happen. But guess what? He woke up to the reality of it. Now, we also have the other side, which is heaven. And we'll, we'll spend a little bit of time on that. This man was in torment, and he wanted Lazarus to, to bring this water, just to, just to put a, a, a drip of water on the tip of his tongue to relieve that pain. But Lazarus, I mean, he was enjoying his faith, enjoying what his faith had brought him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Bible tells us, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Right now, we're in our body. We're in this life. But one day, I'm going to be absent from this body, and then that absence is going to mean I'm in the presence of the Lord. That absence means I'm going to be able to enjoy all that heaven has to offer me. And I'm excited. I am. I truly am excited. Because everything in this life, and there are things to get excited about. You know, you get excited, hopefully, on your wedding day. Hopefully, that's an exciting day. Maybe the birth of your child. Maybe that's exciting or scary. I don't know. There are things that are exciting in life, though, right? I mean, it is. You get married. Uh, maybe a lot of you guys in school, you, you're, the exciting part of your life is going to be getting out of school, right? Is that going to be exciting? I want to tell you a deception of that, too, while I'm talking about it. You think that when you get out of school, life is going to be great. But wait until you get a job, and you actually have to work and pay your bills. Ooh, man. School's going to look a lot better then. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> but really, I mean, there are things in life that we enjoy, and it's good. God gives us things to enjoy in life. I think God gives us marriage to enjoy and a family to enjoy. He gives us a church to enjoy and the people around us to enjoy. But none of that is going to be as great as heaven's going to be. None of it. And I can't even tell you tonight how great it's going to be. But I'll tell you this. I'm ready to leave this body behind that is just growing older. And I'm ready to get that new body that will never sin again. That new body that will never grow old. And I'm ready to see the one who died for me. Just imagine going up to Jesus and being able to see His face. Being able to see Him and, and, to, and to look on the wounds that He has for us where He died on the cross. Man, that's, that's good. That's better than anything else this life has to offer. Some of you in this room tonight, you may still not be convinced that it's worth it. But I want to tell you something tonight. 
It is worth every second of it to, to put your faith in Jesus and to start that walk of faith. It is worth it. And what, you know what? There's going to be some troubles. Lazarus, he didn't live a great life while he was here on earth. I mean, this man, he was, uh, it was a pretty bad life. He was, uh, you know, he was in a lot of pain. He was in a lot of suffering. I'm sure he hungered a lot. I mean, he just got the scraps from this guy's table. So I'm sure he went to bed hungry a lot at night. But I guarantee you, you know, if you get to heaven and, and we know, you know, hopefully we'll be able to know everything and know all the people. You could walk up to Lazarus and talk to him about his experience. And he could tell you that it was worth it putting his faith in Jesus. You know what? He may have been a beggar. That's all right. Because now he's living with Jesus. Now he's living in a place that is better than anything this world has to offer. Tonight, you can know Christ as your Savior. Tonight, some of you may know Jesus as your Savior, and that's good. That's a wonderful thing. So first, I want to speak to all those who don't know Jesus. I want to encourage you, come to Christ tonight. But then, for just a moment, it's going to be quick. I'm going to end now. We're going to, I want to talk to those of you who have already put your faith in Jesus Christ. And I want to look at the very end of this story. Look in verse number 27. This is the rich man speaking right here. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. So the rich man actually asked Abraham, please send him to my father's house. And then he said, I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. So then Abraham said to him, they have uh, Moses and the prophets. What he meant by that is they have the Old Testament. They already have the Bible. They have the stories about Jesus, about the Messiah that would come. In verse 30, he said, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went from the dead, they're going to repent. So he said, if, if somebody raises up from the dead and goes and tells them, my, my, my brethren, they're going to repent and they're going to come to Jesus. But then Abraham said, if they don't listen to the, uh, Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded though one raised from the dead. So I want to tell you something tonight as, as believers. You know what, this, this story means a lot to me because I know that I never had to go here. But it also, you know what it tells me? There are people all around this world dying and going to hell. And this man who went to hell, and he's there and he's experienced it. You know what he wanted? You know what his desire was? I mean, obviously for, for, for that water. But after that, it was please. Please tell my brethren so that they don't have to come here. You know what, tonight? We may be sitting in a church that's comfortable. I mean, probably most of you feel cool enough, right? Some of you might be too cold like mom over there. You doing good, mom? Good. Right. <laughs> it's pretty comfortable though, right? Here, here's the problem sometimes. We have received this blessing from the Lord, and that's salvation. And I'm never going to go to hell. But guess what? There's a world all around us of people who are dying every day and going to this place called hell. And you know, you know what? Someone's not going to come back from the dead and tell them. You know whose responsibility it is to tell them? Ours. Ours. We have the law and the prophets right here. We understand the Word of God because God has opened our eyes. Shame on us for not telling people about Jesus. Shame on us for enjoying all the, all the blessings that God gives us in our life and not being willing to help other people. I have the same fears that other people do. 
When you want to go talk to somebody, maybe you're, you're afraid of what they're going to say. Maybe you're afraid of what, how they're going to react. But I want to tell you something. Push all that aside tonight and realize there are people dying and going to hell. And you have a message that can change their life. It can change their life. As God's people, we ought to, when we get to a story like this, yes, we can say, thank God I'm never going to go there. But let's also let it challenge our life and say, what can I do to prevent people from going there? How can I help others? How can I reach other people? I've said this uh, at different times in my lessons and sermons before, and I'm, I'm convinced of this. I believe that God has left us on, on this earth to make a difference. And that difference is not, you know, me to build my wealth. It's for me to reach other people. Because if, you know, if God just wanted me to receive salvation and that was the end, then he would just take me home. I'd be done. It'd be over. But he's got a plan for me. And he's got a plan for you. Tonight, wherever you're at in this life, hopefully if, if you're at a place where you don't know Jesus, I beg you, turn to him tonight. Come to somebody that you know and say, listen, I, you know what? I need, I need help. I need to know. I, I don't know Jesus as my Savior, and I want to know him tonight. If you've been in church for 20, 30 years, don't let your pride take you to hell. Push all that aside and say, you know what? I don't know Jesus. I've been here, but I don't know who he is. Push that away tonight, because do you want to end up here? This is real. I'm telling you tonight, as I'm standing here in front of you, this is real and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And one thing that we all have in common in this room is this life is limited to us. And one day we're going to leave it. But the question is, where are you going when you leave this life? Where are you going to spend eternity? And for those of us who know Jesus, you know what? Let's, let's get more serious than we've ever been and say, I want to help people. Think about people in your own family, maybe, that you have not shared the gospel with because maybe you're afraid. Whatever it is, I want to tell you tonight, tell everybody that you can, while you can, that Jesus is the Savior. Because one day, all of this stuff is going to be wrapped up. It's all going to come to an end. And we're getting there pretty quick. All right, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. We're going to end with an invitation. We'll have the piano play. And I'll give you a few moments. Whatever God has spoken to you in your heart about tonight, I want to encourage you. Don't just let this service be another service that you pass by and do nothing with it. Because when we leave here tonight, there's no guarantee on what's going to happen. But I can tell you something tonight. If you know Jesus as, Jesus as your Savior, there is a guarantee that you'll live forever with Him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You so much tonight for salvation. God, what a wonderful God you are. Many times people can read things like this and hear things like this and just see all the negative sides. But Lord, I see a wonderful God who loves us and does not want us to perish. But Lord, the sad reality is tonight there are probably people in this room who don't know you, Lord. And I pray for them tonight. If your spirit has spoken to them, Lord, I pray that you would not stop dealing with them. But that God, you would bring them to that place where they need you, Lord, where they see that need and where they cry out for your salvation. Lord, I pray that you'd work in people's hearts tonight. Help them to make the decisions that they need to make. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. All right. Like I said, a few moments here. Make a decision tonight that'll, that'll last.
Make a commitment to the Lord. I thank God for challenging passages in the Bible that cause us to look at things and consider. Tonight, if He's spoken to your heart, I beg you, cry out to Him.